Welcome to Tangents. I'm Susan Farley, Project Manager with McLaughlin Research Corporation, and I support the Public Affairs Office here at the Naval Undersea Warfare Center, Division Newport. Years ago, I interviewed engineer Kim Giddings when a colleague alerted me to her story about leaving Vietnam to relocate to the United States. I remember sitting in Kim's office, and at one point, I stopped taking notes completely, and I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat as she recalled this harrowing journey from Saigon to Thailand and really how she ended up here at Newark. In honor of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we wanted to share this story with you to give you an idea of the lengths that people go through to start a new life in the U.S. Kim was gracious enough to share her time and tell me her story all over again. Uh, One of the things that I missed the first time around was how important Kim's faith was. It's what led her out of Vietnam, and it was her faith that sustained her during her entire journey. So thank you, Kim, for your time and sharing your story. Everybody have a listen. So, Kim, on this episode of Tangents, this is part of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and we're celebrating and honoring that by talking to people who come to America from different countries. So I wanted to hear about your story. Now, we talked years ago for an article that appeared in New Scope. And I remember, like, I was literally on the edge of my seat. I was in your office over, I forget the name of that building. And I had actually stopped taking notes for a minute because I just couldn't get over your story. So I'm going to make you tell it to me one more time um, um, for audio. So first of all, before we get started, what do you do here at Newick? Oh, so I'm working here as, as, as a you know electrical engineer, and I've been here for since 19. God, my God, I have to remember for 33 years. Wow! Now, so what code are you in? I'm in code uh, you know one five three five. Okay. Yes. So where in Vietnam are you from? Original, my family from the north, and uh, back in the 1945. 1954, my family migrated to the south because the north becomes, you know, under the communists. And then we move into the south, and then we settle in Nha Trang. It's a beautiful area, beaches, white sand, and that's where I was born in Nha Trang. Basically, white house, you know, the town, they call it. But the people cannot say Nha Trang, that means, you know, they call it Nha Trang. And that's, you know, I came from. And later on, the war happened. And then we move, you know, to the south to go to Saigon, which is a Ho Chi Minh city now. Yeah. What uh, prompted you to leave Vietnam? Oh, well, after in nineteen seventy-five, the fall of Saigon, and uh, I stayed behind for three three years, and I tried to escape few times to get out of the country. Most of the reason is the uh, freedom of worship, you know, and I strongly believe, you know, uh, the faith that has been, you know, freedom of worship and also for education. Uh, a lot of people not even have a chance to go to go to school or college, you know, or uh, if you stay behind and if you have a kind of, you know, educated people, they can, you know, try to, you know, put you in concentration same or brainwash you back, you know, like, a, you know, don't want to be, you know, good people or educated people, you know, to stay behind and you know, do against him, you know, the new government. Do you have a big family? My family, my mom have five children. I have a two brothers and then two, you know, a sister. One is older than me and one is younger than me, yes. How old were you when you decided you needed to leave? Where I would decided to go to America or get out of Vietnam. It's back in 1979. But I tried to be 1978, but a few at time I just couldn't make it. So in 1979, I finally, you know, make it and get out of the country. 
So what was your plan to get out of the country? First of all, how old were you at that time? Oh, so I born in 1960, so 1978, 1979. Kim, first of all, oh, I'm for the listeners, <laughs> you look like you're 19 years old now, so whatever. <laughs> Thank you. So, so you're a young girl, and you decided you need to leave. And so what was your plan of action? A plan of action back then is, you know, I kind of young, so I just hear the people that, you know, escape by boat. So I try by that way first, but at which too tired, you know, too tired trying it, and I couldn't make it. And then finally, I go to buy, you know, um, sneaking through, you know, Cambodia okay. and walk That's through. That's what I know, remember about yes, your story. Walking through, you know, Cambodia and, you know, go to Thailand. So uh, what was it like leaving your mom? My mom, she's a very strong and very, you know, a cursed woman. Uh, she just makes sure that all the children, you know, leave the country first, and then she can stay behind. And if anything happens, she can, you know, uh, help us to be basically bail out or find any way that to, you know, help us, you know. And also, she can stay behind, and then finally she can, you know, um, the government won't make her, you know, they're asking her, like, you know, where are your children? She said, I don't know. They all, oh, they can go wherever they go. You know, I don't know about it. Just go and asking them, you know. So my mom, uh, now the question you're asking, you know, how I feel, I feel, you know, my mom, she's very strong and supporting it. She wants us to get out of the country. Yeah. Because she's the one that left North Vietnam, which is a communist, to yeah. go to the South. So she know how that, you know, feel, you know. And she encouraged us to, you know, leaving the country. So what I remember about our first interview all those years ago was, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Your mom sold jewelry into your clothes, yes. so you would have something of value with you. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the gold back in Vietnam, or most of the country, we using it. It's just not like a 18 karat gold like here. We use uh, 24 karat gold, and then we don't make it out like a jewelry. It's just like a, a seat of gold and very flexible. So you basically you can cut them, you know, and cut cut in small pieces. So my mom see know that how for us to survive, you know, because the Vietnamese money that dong, you know, no value when you get out of the country, and uh, so she just uh, sewed the gold, you know, along the seam of the clothes, you know, and then she said that just wearing that shirt with you, and then wherever you go, that you have a money to survive, you know, and. Uh, that's what my mom did. and She's smart. Yes. We're not rich, but the gold will be borrowed, you know, from my relative. You know, that, that's what we, you know. Uh, so did you have to use that? Did you have to, like, rip open I the seam at so some point? I am so stupid. <laughs> what? What I, happened? Yes, what, what happened? Uh, I did using it when I would escape, you know, uh, to go to Cambodia. And then uh, whenever they're asking for whatever money, I don't have it. So just cut it out a little bit in piece and then give it to them. But... Uh, at the final stop between the border of uh, Thailand and uh, Cambodia, when I get stopped and been checking out, and they put me kind of like in jail for a few days, and I was so scared, and they um, take all the clothes off, basically <gasps> have no clothes, and then they strip, they don't see anything on me, but they couldn't find anything. And then finally so they said, we couldn't find it. And then um, they take even though, you know, like a little simple, you know, that we wear on our neck, you know. Um, the cross, but it's not been gold, you know, everything they took it. And then they said, they don't find anything, but how are we going to survive, you know? And then finally they said that if we find anything that you're having it with you, that you're hiding it, we will kill you. I was so scared. I'm not telling them, okay, I have all this gold in this. And then they just took it out and they leave me alone. But i trusting it, you know, whatever it happened, it happened. I never regretting it. You know, they may can be kill me, you know, I mean, you never know what these people, you know, that... 
they do. That's crazy. Yes, yes. So I gave it, and my sister said, "You stupid, you shouldn't, you know, do like that way. You know, you can have some money to survive. You know, I said, don't worry." Could be taken care of by God, you know, so not worry about it. Well, if you believe that, that definitely yeah. helped you along yes. the way. Yes. So yeah. tell me about going through Cambodia. If I remember correctly, I mean, Cambodia, I'm so bad at this, like, you know, the history of anything that's not, you know, U.S. But at that time, it, that was not a great place to be walking through at yes. night. Uh, that's correct because it's a 1975 and then that's like the Cambodian killing Cambodia, fields. Cambodia, yes, uh, that was um, the Khmer Rouge that you know, take place, and they were fighting, you know, uh, yeah, fighting, and then uh, was under Pol Pot that you know he's a very yeah. mean, mean, you know, man, and yes, I had to walk through the killing field. I did not. Uh, carry anything with me at all besides just the shirt that I wear and then I had to be blend in like a Cambodian people so I wear sarong and kind of like a sandal walk day and night you know and walk just walk and walk and sometimes stow away on the truck you know the truck fill up with uh, products you know rice yeah. or, and stuck up there and then you had to bouncing back to port you know inside you know in the big truck you know stow in there and I had no idea where I'm at, so that, that you know, we go through. And also, sometimes we had to take canoe, a little canoe at nighttime, quietly, you know, moving along the Mekong River. And sometimes we had to go by bicycle, bicycle, or sometimes a motorcycle. You know, we don't ride the whole thing. We have a guy that we pay the money, and he helped us to get out of the country, you know. And Who were you with? Oh, I work with a Vietnamese guy. And then he hired someone that she can spoke both language, which is okay. Cambodian and Vietnamese. So we had to pay them the money. She lead us to get to Kai, you know, um, through Cambodian, but finally we get caught. And the Vietnamese guy finally he get caught too. And then they, you know, they just kill him. You know, no way. way. No way. Yes, they kill him. He get caught because you are smuggling people, you know, yeah. out of the country. You know? And that's how you ended up in jail. Oh, that before uh, he died after that, he, oh. because he tried to do a few more trips, you know, and yeah. then that's how he got killed. Okay, so this is crazy. So what happened to you after the jail? How did you get out of the Cambodian jail? Oh, I was stay there long. I stayed there for a long time. And how long? Uh, it's a not wasn't uh, Cambodian. It's between the border of Thailand and Cambodia, and um, I remember the Thai captain that he was there, you know, and he was. Uh, and the gunfire still happen at night time, you know, you can see the flares and you're just scared, you just run down, you know, duck and hide, you know, and I said, my goodness, you know, I'm trying to avoid the war in Vietnam and now I end up with, you know, fighting here at the border. Uh, I stay in that place, I had LinkedIn at least, you know, for 30 days, you know, oh. for that camp, you know, or not camp, you know, it's like a jail, loose jail, you know. And today, but I've been in jail twice. That's why I always tell my kid, hey, you know, I'm in jail twice. <laughs> You're tough. Like, These are nothing, you know. Okay, so. The first one who were in Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The first one who were in Vietnam, they keep uh, they kept us there for a few nights. And uh, down in the basement, no window, lock us up and down there. They give us food, you know, that about it, but a lot of bugs, you know, down there. I remember it, it cheese and, you know, they bit us, you know. Um, that's I remember that very well, and uh, we bail out by just giving the people over there some kind of money or gold, yeah. and then they let us out, and then we continue our journey to go to Cambodia and cross the border and to go to Thailand. Okay, so now you're at the border in this jail for 30 days. So what happens? No, we're not even at the border yet. After we stay at the kind of like a temporary uh, 
the place that I I call it jail because you know they just kept us there mm-hmm. you know and no you know just the th- three of us. Well, you had no freedom, so yeah, yeah three it's jail. of us. Yeah, jail. And then finally, been kind of abused a little bit, you yeah. know, when I was saying no one. And then they let us go, and then they left. They we left, you know, and then they just they just released us to go, and then we had to be a long journey, that walking through the night and. Um, you know, night time, and they go through the killing fields and everything else, and then we get to the border of uh, Thailand. You know, and we stay in the the, the camp called at Khao Dang, and that camp still exists now. If you look it on the Wikipedia, you can see that camp there. Yeah, you're kidding. Yes, is yeah. it an active camp? Uh, I think it's just people still coming in and out. Oh, I'm not geez. sure. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Called so what happened next? Uh, I stayed in there for 18 months, yes, and then um, why I stay in the camps, I'd be able, you know, to uh, teach, you know, Vietnamese literatures and uh, math, and uh, they do get paid for it, a little bit money, and then I can use the money to buy food, you know. The Red, uh, the Red Cross, you know, do providing us rice and sardine in the can, and they gave us a five gallon of water every day to using it, you know, whatever you do with it, that's it to drink, to wash, you know, and everything you needed. Weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the Red Cross won't come over, so you have no water. So basically you have it, you know, five times five, 25 yells to you for seven days, you know. Wow. And, and that would help, you know, but we survive, you know. And uh, if it rains, we try to catch the water from the rain, you know, for washing. And uh, and staying there, you learn, you know, uh, American culture to get ready to come, you know, to U.S. and. Uh, Get vaccine, you know, get proper everything else that, you know, required by, you know, U.S. government to be able to enter in, you know, legally and in a health-wise, you know, you also, you know, don't bring in disease or sickness, you know, to bring yeah. it in, yes. And that will stay there long and also learning English and, uh, uh, you mean, and the culture in this country. What did you learn about the American culture? We learned about, like, you know, Thanksgiving, Independence Day, <laughs> you know, all the good things, you know, and then um, about, you know, how the people, uh, uh, you know, uh, food, you know, and then the, a lot of things that we learned back, you know, I was in the camps, you know, yeah. learn about it, you know, and the school system a little bit, and holidays, you know, and family, uh, value life, you know, yes. So how did you get to America? I got to about to America by two of my brothers. They was uh, escaped Viet, not escaped. You know they was uh, left Vietnam on uh, American uh, big you know uh, ship that you know helped them now get out to the Vietnam under the um, they called it uh, what is it Operation Freedom uh, Wind back then in 1975. And two of my brother came in this country first, and then they sponsored us to came in this country. And we had to pay for the airfare, and also it was expensive. It's very expensive. Very expensive yeah. back in nineteen eighty. Yes. Can yeah. you imagine? Very expensive. Where and did also, you fly to? Oh, I don't remember what air carrier that take us come over here. But what city did you fly to? I landed to San Francisco okay, first, yeah. and I landed during the month of February, and then that's what we call the President Day month celebration. So they let us to come to America. It was freezing cold in San Francisco. It's yeah. freezing cold in San Francisco in the summer. John's yeah. from San Francisco. He could tell you. <laughs> yeah. Same weather all year round. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, before they uh, landed in San Francisco, they were refuel, you know, the uh, oil for the airplane in um, Alaska. So they know it would be cold, so they gave us That is some trip, Kim. Yeah. 
So I look at it, I was like, oh my goodness, this snow. Oh my goodness. And then they, they know that we will be cannot adapting with the weather real quick. So they gave me the Eskimo coat kind of, you know, and it keep me really warm, you know. When I get to San Francisco, I couldn't walk. My my knees are kicking it together, you know, it's so cold, you know. Come from Thailand to directly here, you know. So yeah, that's where I landed first, you know. So how did you end up in Rhode Island? Oh, when I went to, uh, uh, when I arrived uh, to U.S., I went to college right away. Thank God I'd be able to get to college. I Where'd you to, go? Uh, at first, uh, the Sister Mercy um, sponsored me. So I get to, uh, into Georgetown Court College in Lakewood, New Jersey. And I go to there. It's a four-year university, but I go there for two years. And then I transfers to Rutgers, and I go to for Kim. I went to Rutgers. Oh, that's crazy! So funny. I didn't know you went to Rutgers. Yeah, go I, Scarlet Knights. Run week, you know, yeah. And at the college of engineering, so that's where I uh, go for three more years. I didn't go I to the College of Engineering, but I dated people at the College <laughs> of Engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great spot. I, I love central New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, so I came here in 1981 and I graduated in 1986. That's know, awesome. Then, yeah. Okay, so you're at Rutgers. So, and then Rutgers, what happened? And then uh, after that, I get out. I don't have it, you know, I did not have it, the US citizenship yet. So I worked for a small company first and then I applied for citizenship and I become, you know, a US citizen and apply for a job at Newick. Uh, back then in nurse, you know, called nurse in uh, New London. Oh, yeah, and, okay. Yeah. So that's where I start first, and I worked since then, since 1987. So did you get bracked up here? Yes, I did get practice. That's why I moved Okay, here. so, oh. all right, so you did you move to Connecticut after New Jersey? No, because, you know, uh, we bought a house right after, you know, um, graduate, um, graduate from college, and then we just drive back and forth from... Connecticut to New Jersey. That is a long top. commute, Kim. Yes, yes, you know, right, long commute. So know. have you met your husband at this point? No, I met my husband. We are sweet, and you know, a college sweetheart. Okay, so, so you met, met him, him at Rutgers. At, at Rutgers in the physics lab. So that's why I that's met him. Because adorable, not many women, you know, in a college of engineering back then, you know, it's like, oh my God, why am I here, you know? <laughs> there, guy. I mean, I, I was there in the 90s and there were not very many women in the College of Engineering. Right, so I look at, oh my God, all the classes, all the guys, you know. Because you know how it's so huge. So <laughs> right. Rutgers is an enormous campus and the College right. of Engineering, it's like you need to take a bus to get to right. the different places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you would, like I would take a bus, if I had like one computer programming class and you take a bus over to they the College to of Douglas Engineering College, yeah. and you walk around and yeah, there's right. no other women no, around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, not yeah. I met them, my husband. Yeah. So you met your husband there, and that's adorable. Yeah, and, and he also work here now. Yeah. So did do you work at Newick first, and then? Yes, I did work at Newick okay. first, and he worked for Raytheon back then. And then um, I when I applied for citizenship, and I did get a job here offer, and then I just say I would like to be working here, you know. Yeah. And then six months later, I find something, you know, opening position for him. I asked him to apply for it, and then he applied for it, and he also get, you know, uh, offer a job. Is that when you moved up here? Yes, yes. Yeah. That's why we moved up uh, to New New London first. We both, you know, he also been here for a long time for thirty two ah. years or thirty three years. Where what department is he in? He also in one five, in a one one five. I don't know what. So you're both in sensors and sonar systems department. Yes, yes, yes. Adorable. I love it. Um, So where do you live now? What's your life like now? My life now is emptiness. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's not true. I live in Portsmouth. I had uh, two grown up uh, children. I have a son. He's a thir- he will be 33 this month. And my daughter, she's 28 right now, yeah. So and they're two. doing well. They're doing well, thank God, yes. Yeah. Uh, my son, he lives in Irvine, California, and my daughter, she lives in uh, Tampa area in uh, Florida, yes. Yeah. yeah. What do you, um, are you going to retire anytime? I think that's, you know, if my children need my help, which is the way the culture, we're yeah. having it. When your children get married and they have grandchildren, and then usually the mother is just, you know, okay, we'll take care of your kids. Time to roll you. up your sleeves, grandma. And then, then, you know, and then my children can be continue to do their career, you know, because my mom did help me yeah. big time, you know, so I don't have to send my kid, you know, to daycare on, you know, for that one. All right, I so I, I had asked you a question before we hit record. What is your favorite thing about your Vietnamese culture? That we, favorite thing that, you know, we all are friendly people. Yes. Talkative. <laughs> you can see that. And we are kind of very uh, help each other out and, uh, you know, big help each other out, you know, for that I see. And then very uh, strong family value, you know, hold on to each other and help each other out. Yeah. And also for my own families, uh, I believe that, you know, my mom been training us to have a strong faith in God. You know? yeah. Have you ever been back to Vietnam? Yes, I've been back to Vietnam twice. Uh, one time when... Uh, after I stay here for 25 years, and another time after I stay here for 35 years. Yeah, yeah, I'm back twice. What was yeah. that like? Oh, it changed a lot. It changed for better, I think. Um, but I think it's in like any country. Um, you can see it on the top of the surface, but you go deep down, you can see that kind of uh, the rich do rich, the poor do poor. And um, a lot of children be not be able to go to school or the school teaching is not the same level as I went to school back in, you know, my time, in the 1970s, you know. So the level of teaching kind down, watered out, so it's not the same full, you know, scale. So that's what I see, you know. That is for education and um, for the economy, you can see that, yes, much better than when I was there. Because people are doing, you know, now we kind of have, you know, uh, refrigerator, stove, flush toilet, you know, but before that, no, you know, and uh, it's better. And that's what I see. And uh, people are still very friendly, you know, very nice and welcome, you know, people to coming back and visit. Yeah. What do you like about Newick? I like Newick is it because uh, most, is, you know, they do a lot of work for the Navy and uh, they are very uh, helping out, you know, uh, to help us to promote our career for job, you know, always having it, you know, like if you want to go to school and learn further degree, go ahead, which is a very uh, hard, you know, to get a degree, especially, you know, education. Right now, you have to pay for own pocket. That's a lot, you know, but <laughs> you get help by New Week. That's very nice. And uh, the New Week here, that's uh, all the leaders that uh, communicate with us very well and inform us what's going on, and then, which is uh, I like, you know. Uh, I, I grow up back in... Vietnam, most of the time, you know, you're a leader, you don't talk to a little guy, period. You know, you're nobody, you know. But here's like, you know, kind of like everybody, you know, um, you're a top one, but you communicate to the, you know, the people that, you know, lower level. And also they are very, um, how to say it, I mean, for me, the experience, you know, I don't know about different people, but my own that, you know, I can see that the, the New Week right here is a very flexible tie too, you know. Um, I'd be able to raise my children and be able to keep, you know, work, you know, and very flexible. Um, 
safe environment for me to work, you know. Um, that is, I see so far that very nice and I really support and I would like to work, you know, until the day I die. I honestly, the, my body and my heart keep me busy and I can work. You well. like your work? You like what you do? Yes, I do like what I do, yes, you know, so I don't mind to work at all, you know, and I believe that you work just to support the society, you know, uh, what I can do. If I just, you know, can be able to work, I just keep working, you know, and I don't mind to work at all. That My mom trained me, she worked and work. my brother right now, still work, you know, and we all working here. I think it's worth noting that uh, you mentioned about, you know, new leadership. Ron Veen was the one, our technical director, was the one who contacted me and said, I know Kim's story. You have oh. to you have to get Tim, Kim to tell her story. Uh, so he was familiar with you and, you know, what it took for you to get from Vietnam to Newark. And, and he thought it, it was a story worth telling. And I have to agree. Oh, yes. Thank you yeah. so much oh, for welcome. being on this podcast. Oh, I really appreciate much. it. Thank you. And thank you, you know, to uh, let me to have a chance, you know, to share, you know, the... Asian Pacific, you know, Heritage Month, and uh, gladly to share, you know. Tangents. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tangents. You can find all Tangents podcasts on the Tangents Wiki, and you can follow us on Fusion, hashtag Tangents.